All right, everybody, welcome to episode 151 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I am with the co-host with the most, Drew at DR underscore PRA. Drew, how are you doing, man? Doing good. Doing good. All right. So a uh, another great week of, of football is behind us. Week five Indeed. is in the books, and now we are moving on to week six. Now, I want to I want to ask you about this, Drew, since we don't really have it anywhere on our show sheet and I'm just curious your your thoughts about this before we get to good bad and ugly what do you think about the whole Devonte Adams situation uh I've, I've read some some tweets going back and forth I've seen a few different camera angles I think in general uh typically try to give people the benefit of the doubt right especially if they haven't had you know, issues like this before or scenarios like this come up. So there's one um, kind of over, over the shoulder angle that uh, makes it look like um, it truly was just a, a collision. And I've, uh, I've seen people um, share that, you know, the photographer wasn't being professional in the right place, at the right time. And, you know, you hear everybody's, everybody's got a different take. Of course, there's going to be about two people that really know what happened and what was going through their heads at the time. So, um, yeah, I, I would probably, I would choose to believe Adams that his, you know, he's apologizing. I get it's an emotional time. I and mean, we've seen, we've seen some pretty bad behavior from these guys that are, you know, competing for their livelihoods, um, by themselves on the sideline. I mean, we, we look at a guy like Tom Brady, an ultimate competitor, and you, know, you don't have to be real good at reading lips to know that he's not happy after, you know, something happens with, uh, with the team or, you know, I've seen plenty of people throw helmets, knock stuff over. Um, so yeah, I, I think I choose to believe that Adams, you know, probably got caught off guard, didn't expect the person there, you know, maybe, maybe was a, a knee jerk reaction. Um, certainly didn't look good from some angles, but at the end of the day, um, you know, seems like everybody is okay, healthy. I mean, you've, you've had, Adams has probably done more damage to a sideline uh, photographer making a catch or getting shoved out of bounds than this did. Uh, and the, and we don't think twice about those plays, right. Or, you know, the official that gets bowled over by somebody going out of bounds. So I don't know. That's, I'm a little all, all over the place on that, but at the end of the day, I think I, I would, I would choose to believe Adams that it wasn't, you know, nothing malicious. It wasn't like he was teeing the guy up from three yards away, ready to, to send him flying 15 feet or something like that. And, you know, let's move on. These guys lost by a point. Tough divisional game, uh, exciting game. I mean, you clearly Adams did everything he could, uh, made his contribution to that game uh, with Derek Carr. So, yeah, I I don't I don't think there's a whole lot more to make of it than that. Yeah, this is like kind of a crazy thing. First of all, because I think around the league, and I, I was actually watching something today where a uh, a beat writer was saying that. Devontae Adams has won. They they call it the 
the stand-up award and it's voted on by beat writers and it's pretty much given to the player that is uh, kind of the most stand-up guy. It gives out the, gives them the most access, answers truthfully, you know, is just kind of a good player to work with uh, when it comes to the media. So, you know, I, I saw the, the first angle, which I think is like the worst angle, where it looks like the guy's just standing there and Devontae Adams just like pushes him mm-hmm. across the room. And then as you start seeing other angles, you know, you realize that this guy kind of runs in front of him. And don't get me wrong, I you know, I don't, I don't think you should ever push anybody really for any reason. But if you're kind of in your own head about you just lost this close game, you know, maybe you're thinking about what you could have done differently. You're kind of in the moment and you're not paying attention to what's going on. And you see a person kind of run in front of you, but still at you in your direction. He may have not even realized it was a cameraman and thought it was maybe an unruly fan, you know, we've seen that unfortunately a few times over the last couple of weeks, uh, people getting onto the field and and being foolish. Um, You know, he apologized right afterwards in the post game. You know, I think as soon as he pushed the guy, you know, maybe not in that second, but I think a few seconds later, everything clicked together that it was a cameraman and not a, not a fan, not a, you know, whatever. He apologized. You know, I think it's I th- I really think it's unfortunate that, you know, this is now like a, a misdemeanor assault case. I mean, I get it by the spirit of the law. That's what it is. But, you know. I just feel bad because Devontae Adams is, you know, we hear about diva wide receivers all the time and he's mm-hmm. not really one of them, you know. You never really hear that he, you know, he's getting in trouble or he's a bad teammate or, you know. Demanding targets or. Yeah, like, and I get it. He played played with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay and they always won. And so maybe, you know, when that's happening and you're the top receiver, maybe you don't complain about anything. But even, you know, so far in Vegas, have you really heard him complain? They're one one and four now. Mm -hmm. You've never really heard him say, oh, you know. I wish I was back in Green Bay or I wish I had a better quarterback or, you know, yeah. they should be throwing me the ball more or, you know, Darren Waller sucks or Hunter Renfro sucks. You know, he's not saying any of that. He's just kind of like, yeah, you know, obviously wish we could be winning more, but he's not really putting that blame on anybody. And I, I think it's unfortunate, you know, I could understand if there was a fine by the league, say like, hey, man, you know, you got to be, you know, a little bit more careful. But, you know, the fact that this is being, like, investigated as a misdemeanor assault now seems crazy. Um, And I actually saw a tweet from someone who said that they've been a a cameraman for the NFL for 25 years and, you know, said kind of the same thing you were saying earlier, have been run into, you know, tackled because i mean you see it all the time you know someone gets pushed out of bounds or someone gets tackled out of bounds and there's a camera guy or a mic guy standing right there and they get smashed and you're always like man hope that guy's okay because he's he's the only one without pads on you know yeah so um but 
you know, he, he said, look, you know, it's kind of part of the job. Like you get, you get run into, you, you know, you get, you know, especially he said uh, those, uh, you know, center, uh, those 50 yard line handshakes and stuff like that. You know, sometimes you get pushed guys are running this way and that way and they don't see you and they knock you over. And, you know, sometimes they'll help you up. Sometimes they won't, but yeah, he said, you know, he thinks it's a little crazy that this guy, you know, filed a police report and said it was, uh, it was a uh, an assault. assault yeah. But, Speaking of uh, camera guys, you're probably not going to knock over. I just learned today through Twitter that uh, apparently the big unit is a cameraman in the NFL now. Wait, Former, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Somebody's got a sweet photo of him behind the uh, telephoto lens on the sidelines. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you, but uh, pretty wild to see Randy Johnson out there behind the lens at NFL games. Man, good for him. And and that must be a, a for, for love, for love of the game. Yeah, because I mean, a, I want to, right? Not that I need to. He, that, that man has made a lot of money in his life playing baseball. And I'm sure if he wanted to, he could probably, uh, you know, announce for, you know, MLB network or for a team or something like that and probably make a good change. So the fact that he's uh, putting it on the line, uh, (laughs) it just uh, it shows uh, it shows that he must have uh, some real love there. But all right, we 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 jabbered enough. Let's get into the good, the bad, and the ugly of week five. I'll start us off. Brees Hall, he was the chosen one during rookie drafts. He was the 101. He was honestly the only player that people unanimously were kind of like, okay, this is the dude. He's the guy that we are supremely confident in. Uh, You know, pretty much after 102, you had – champions for everyone but you also had people who were uh not uh not about that life so uh 18 rushes for 97 yards and a touchdown and then he just adds on two measly receptions 400 yards uh so almost took one to the house he oh yeah he got i think he did get tackled on the one yard line So um, this is what we were talking about, right? Like, you know, why do we love Brees Hall? Can he run it? Absolutely. Can he catch the ball? Hell yeah. And that's that's what we want. So the Jets get a dub. The Jets are three and two. Yeah, big win over Miami. Former division leaders. Think about that for a second. If we would have said that the New York teams – are a combined seven and three. You mean the New Jersey weeks. teams? They they represent New York, but play in New Jersey. Uh, and as someone who lived uh, or used to live forty five minutes away from that stadium, uh, I know it. They play in Jersey, um, but seven and three combined record for the Giants and the Jets. If I would have said that. Before week one, you would have called me crazy. Mm. And this is where we are now. (laughs) 
this is where we are. So good for Brees Hall, good for the New York Jets. Keep keep the good vibes going here, Drew. What's your good for week five? Uh, I'm gonna I, I just throw a question at you here. Um, came up a little bit last night on the Trade Addicts pod, but uh, you know Zach Wilson. It, what happened? What happens if the Jets somehow somehow make the playoffs this year? Does he still have a good chance of getting replaced in your mind next year in the rookie draft? What what does he need no, to do? I, I don't honestly forget playoffs. I, I I legitimately do not think that the New York Jets will be a playoff team. I know, hot take, right? Hot take. But if they're seven and nine, I don't see how he gets replaced. I mean, I mean, let let's look at it. What what was before the season started, what were our realistic expectations for the Jets? Yeah, like a f- 300, 400 team. So, yeah, 6 and 11, yeah. seven, 7 and 10 would have been probably a good season. Right. And I said 7 and 9. I, I meant yeah, five, and, 5 and 12, probably more in line with the people. Right. We were, we were probably thinking that they were going to be a 4 to 5 win team was probably would have been the consensus. I, I would be curious uh to go back in the in the way back machine and see what the uh what the Vegas odds were on their yeah. win total for the season. But we probably would have said four to five is a reasonable so if they hit seven, they've exceeded expectations for this year. How do you just go, nah, you know what? Zach, you out. Cause it's not even like you can say, oh well the Jets are one in 16 or two and 15 and they have a top one or two pick. Yeah. Right now, even if they end the season three and 14, which at this point, how do you say they're, they're not going to win another game for the rest of the season? You know, even with three wins, what does that put them at? Four or five. I I think the quarterbacks that everyone's going to want is going to go before that. I think they're, they go in the top 10 and I think they go in like the top like four. <laughs> so at that point, you know, the Jets probably are not in in range to get a quarterback that you go, okay, we're gonna replace Zach Wilson with, you know, Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. That's probably not gonna happen at this point in the season. So you ride you ride Zach Wilson out again and you, you know, uh yes, Joe Dunn. Yeah. Joe Douglas has been drafting well. <laughs> like Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Elijah Vera Tucker. I mean, Makai Becton, unfortunately, it's been injuries mm-hmm. with him. I don't think it's been a talent thing. It's been an injury thing, you know, and. Yeah, Michael Carter, Brees Hall. Yeah. Like, Sauce Gardner is starting to do his thing. Yeah. Like, think about it. Like, they have really done well in the draft since Joe Douglas has got there. So is he going to use, you know, let, let's say they, they end up at like, you know, pick 10. Are they going to, are they going to trade a bunch of assets up to get a quarterback to replace the guy that's still going to have what three years left on his contract? Yeah. After this year. Yeah. Second year. Yeah. Or actually it'd be two years in an option. Mm-hmm. So two years left on his contract. Like, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, 
listen, if they just fall apart and they don't win another game and they end up three and fourteen, maybe that's a possibility. But I don't think that they end up there. I mean, I think, I think six and eleven, seven and nine, get Zach Wilson another year. But then next year is going to be the you got to make the playoffs year or you've you're down three years. We only have one more year of you. We can go, you know, depending on record, yeah, if it's 24, with, yeah, you know, take a pick or, um, you know, see what's in the free agent market and actually kind of listening to some Devi people and draft people. Apparently, the 24 draft is going to be a better quarterback draft than the 23 draft, according to the people who know a lot more about this than I do. So that may be another reason to say, okay, we write out Zach Wilson for 2023. And then in the 2024 draft, we assess whether we need to upgrade at quarterback or if he's doing what we need him to do. But Zach Wilson's come back and they win games. (laughs) Yeah, it'll be tough. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not saying they're winning games because Zach Wilson is amazing. Yeah. But he's played in two games and they've won two damn games. So yeah. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of the uh the Cooper Rush argument, right? <laughs> hey, you may not be winning games because of Cooper Rush, but Cooper Rush isn't losing you games either. And I, I think Ugh. Bears, Jags, and Denver on the schedule. Yeah. Like they they could easily walk out of that two and one. Yeah. And now they're at now they're at five. Now listen, they're the Jets. They could also walk out of that 0-3. Like I'm I am not going to um, you know, run the hype train into the wall yet. But do you look do you look at those three teams and go, there's no way they go two on one? Mm-mm. No, I mean they they've got the full range of outcomes there. There's right. not a yeah. So I was just curious what, what your thoughts are there. Cause yeah, I, I, thinking through that a little bit, I think the hope is, you know, for a lot of folks that, you know, are sharper than I am around what it takes to be like a, a good quarterback in the NFL, you know, the hope is that they move on and then these young weapons get an upgraded quarterback. The offense becomes uh, a, a more well-oiled machine to pair up with Robert Sala's defensive scheme. And, you know, they're going to have to compete. They're going to have to put points up in this division uh, if they want to compete. I mean, I, I'm I'm definitely you know biased here, but it feels like the other three teams are are playing for a wild card spot for the next few years, trying to keep up with the Bills, right? And they've got to they've got to they've got to add up wins each year. So you know, is Zach Wilson enough to do that? Is he going to take his team and give them the opportunities to to win the games they need? But um, yeah, because I'm looking at guys like you know Elijah Moore, you know how how cheap how low will his price go over the next? you know, eight to 10 weeks here in, into the non-point scoring season, depending on how their record turns out, depending on how Zach Wilson turns out. You know, if he ends up being a 60-ish percent passer for the year, you know, I, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that, you know, I, I can buy even a, a lower dip from some folks on Elijah Moore because everybody's going to be still, you know, enamored with Garrett Wilson, which they should be, and, you know, Brees Hall. And so... Didn't mean to sidetrack you. Just curious what your thoughts were on on Wilson. I know you keep up with some of the contract stuff a little bit more than I do too. So no, and and I I love the conversation because I also I, I you know people sometimes hear things that I have to say 
and I come from a very different point of view than a lot of people. I, I try to go based on what I've seen and kind of import the human element into it a little bit more. And listen, I was never a Zach Wilson fan. In fact, I said he, he was the fourth best quarterback in the draft, you know, during the pre-draft process. He got taken at number two, and I said he was the fourth best quarterback. And honestly, I may have not given Mac Jones enough credit <laughs> mm-hmm. and made him mm-hmm. the fifth best. But let's give Zach Wilson a little bit of a leash due to the fact that he got hurt week one of the preseason. Yep. So he missed a lot of training camp, you know, a lot of time that he needs to, you know, that he needed reps that he needed, even that little bit of pregame or preseason work that he needed. And he's coming off of an injury and is just, he's thrown out there, which by the way, he should be. I'm not saying he shouldn't be, but let's give him more than two weeks to acclimate before we say he can't also help out Elijah Moore. And let's be honest, how many quarterbacks can really make two weapons fantasy goodness? Like we talk about it all the time. You know, you have Brady who can do it. You know, you have I'm just shot Burrow. Burrow, Burrow can do it. Um, Dak did it when it was Amari and CeeDee Lamb. You hope Tua can. People are hoping Tua can with Waddle and and Tyree. Tua Tua looked like before the the concussion that he could, you know, what what do we name? Yeah, four. Four four or five quarterbacks. You would think Herbert could, right, with, you know, if Allen's healthy, Mike Williams. He's been doing a Daryl Leverett this year and Mike Williams. So, you know, there's maybe 10 quarterbacks that can do it. Yeah. I mean, without spending time to go through every single quarterback, there's 10 quarterbacks that can do it, which means there's 22 quarterbacks that can't. Yeah. You know, now those quarterbacks, you know, a lot of those quarterbacks can make one guy really good. Garrett Wilson looking at you. Um, Hey, but look, we got some quarterbacks that can't Baker Mayfield looking at you like, you know, and, that that's you know that's also and i get it it's you know if you're not elite at quarterback you're probably not winning uh a ring but (laughs) you're probably going to go through a lot of quarterbacks if if that is what you're looking for because not only in their own division where we're talking about josh allen obviously on top we talked about Tua a little bit you know, but Sean Watson is coming back. We think that guy is going to be pretty good. You know, that, you know, we got some dude named Patrick Mahomes out in Kansas City who I heard is is decent. Uh, Not bad. Justin Herbert, you know, we have a lot of dudes consolidated in the AFC. So if you're looking for a guy that's going to get you past all of that, you're going to be ripping through some quarterbacks because – you know, all of those guys are, you know, generational talents and they've all just congregated in the AFC. So unfortunately the Jets, where are you at? <laughs> the AFC. So, you know, yeah. if you're just gonna go on this road every three years and go, all right, well, 
Uh, Zach Wilson didn't do it. All right. CJ Young didn't do it. All right. You know, so-and-so next guy didn't do it. You might be there for a while. And listen, Drew, you know, you're a Bills fan. You guys went through this during the Tom Brady reign of terror. All right. 20 you know, years, man. 20 years going the next from. Guy. 20 years. The next guy and the next guy and the Jim next. Jim Kelly to Josh Allen and a lot of pain. And yeah. I mean, you look at guys that we thought could too, right? Like I think everybody was hoping or was expecting Russ, Russ would do it, that Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton would be viable. Exactly. And, and here we are. And here we are. You know, we, we were hoping that Derek Carr could do it. And it ain't look good so far this year, you know? And, and that's the thing. It, but guys that can do that are yeah. very hard to find. Yeah. And friend of the show, Kirk Cousins, has done it periodically. He's gotten Jefferson and Thielen. Yeah. yeah. Some of that's health related. Some of that is health related. And he, 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 he has done it from time to time, unfortunately, this year. Um, I think Not the new so offensive scheme is just kind of like, hey, let's make sure Justin Jefferson gets his and we'll get uh, the running about, game involved. And What about a guy like Hertz now in your backyard? A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, mixing yeah. a little Goddard. Dallas Goddard's looking good too. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, sometimes you find a hidden gem, somebody you don't always expect. Yeah, and that's the thing too. I mean, I, I've I've heard draft guys say before, you know, hey, every team should draft a quarterback on day three every <laughs> year. Just doesn't matter if it's fourth round or seventh round. Take a guy every year because you do get those gems too. You know, you get your Dak Prescotts, you get you know, fourth round guys, you know, what was Russ? Russ was a third rounder, right? Yeah, I think so. He, so was, he, he doesn't was day count. Two. Doesn't I mean, count. Skylar Thompson's getting a shot this week, right? In Miami. Uh, that That's uh by attrition, but yeah, <laughs> not happens. because of talent, because of attrition, yeah. but, but uh, yeah, Sam Howell, we talked about him last night on the, the trade acts. We'll see what happens there. You know, if he gets a shot, either through if, attrition if he, or if he gets a shot, Ron Rivera pretty much pretty much told the world he getting a shot. He said, "How I come heard. you can't com- how come you can't compete in the NFC East?" He said, "Quarterback." He didn't think about it. He didn't stutter. He said, "Quarterback." <laughs> and now he had to walk it back today. Like I, I don't want to blame this all on Carson. The hell you don't. You want to blame this all on Carson? And I'm personally here for it. I, I know the people, the people in the great Philadelphia area. They're here for it. I mean, <laughs> my son will be nine on Monday, and he hates Carson Wentz uh, just like a 50-year Philadelphia Eagles fan would hate Carson Wentz. Oh, my God. So he, he is loving the, the downfall of Carson Wentz. And, um, yeah, that, that's going to be some good news. But we got, we got sidetracked, right. so we'll try to make it up. Hit, hit us with some more good news, Drew. Uh, how, how good is Travis Kelsey? Real good. I, I want to know how many leagues, in how many leagues, did he win somebody their week? I, All of them. I, I, I was in, in a league. I think the only league that I have him in uh, was down about 30 points going in. 
And, uh, you know, we, we had Mahomes and Kelsey, so we felt pretty good. But uh, actually two leagues that I'm in won me the week. You know, two touchdowns won me the week. But uber efficient, was it five, five seven catches for 25 yards? So yeah, more than half of his catches, that. the majority of his catches were scores. No wonder Devontae Adams was upset after the game. I mean, and you got that right. Think about the night that Devontae Adams had. It's not like he... Not for lack of trying. It's not like he went out there and, and went two for 17. Like, he had mm-hmm. a game, too. All right, so here's the, here's the line for one Travis Kelsey. Seven receptions. So you're figuring, dude had to have, like, 85 yards, right? Yeah. Um. Let's take 60 away from that. We'll call it seven for 25. And we probably would have put him in the bad if that was the entire stat line before those seven receptions were touchdowns. Hey, and even this is a tight end premium dream, right? If you're playing in a trade addicts lead, if you're playing in one of these safe leagues, you got 16 and a half points without a score at two points per reception for a tight end. And then never mind 24 extra points for those touchdowns. Man. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I know we said this is the good category, but Travis Kelsey is a bad man. He bad. He's a bad man. <laughs> and actually, uh, uh, Twitter, Twitter must know because they kept sending me clips of the podcast that he has with his brother, Jason mm, Kelsey. Yeah. And I'm like, I got to put that in the rotation just to, I, I hear a lot of Jason Kelsey, obviously living in the Philadelphia area, and that dude, that dude is a maniac. Uh, I mean, and in a fun way, in a good way. Like he's, uh, he's so passionate about the game. But yeah, I mean, here, here's a question because we got we got a little sidetracked on on Brees Hall, and we'll get a little sidetracked here, and then I promise we'll kind of fly through the rest of this, so this isn't a two hour long pod. How dumb were we to just call Travis Kelsey dead during the offseason? Like, th- like think of we were like, oh, Travis Kelsey, man, don't draft him in Dynasty. He's not, he's not gonna return value and you know, two to three-year window. And you know, Mark Andrews is that dude. By the way, Mark Andrews is that dude. So I'm he this is. is not a is. this is not an anti-Mark Andrews take, but this is more of a why did we just dig a grave for Travis Kelsey and then try to push him into it with what he's done? And I get it. Last year wasn't his dominant number one tight end beyond all doubt season. What was he? Tight end two? <laughs> Had to be two, three at the worst. I mean, the Andrews was far and away the one. It's not like he was tight end seven and we were like, okay, no. Travis Kelsey, he's and we, done. We knew he was going to get his this year. We knew. Tyreek Hill goes away. But, but see, I think – and I'm not saying you personally because I, I know that you believe that Tra- Travis Kelsey was still that dude. But being on Twitter like we are, people were like, well, Tyreek is gone. He's not going to take that coverage deep. They're going to crowd up. They're going to take Kelsey out of the game. And then who do they got? Miko Hardman, Juju Smith-Schuster. Mm-hmm. Maybe MVS. Sky Moore can be a thing. 
MVS. Yeah. And we didn't really believe in any of those secondary options, which, by the way, nope. we've been proven right that we should have never believed in any of those secondary options. But we way underestimated the fact that yeah. Travis Kelsey is a different human being, a different type of athlete, and a different tight end than what what anyone other 30 tight ends in the yeah, league anybody. are. Nobody's seen that. And he, right. uh, we gifted him to people, though. And that's, I mean, I'll lump myself into that group. As much as it probably my, my brain knew that he was a good option, my heart, my gut, I didn't have the guts to go after him where I should have in, in a few leagues. And somebody out there is gifted with the tight end one way later than they should have been. Probably took Andrews and Kelsey and is just absolutely demolishing their leagues. Well, and what, you know, what were we hearing during the offseason? Uh, you know, uh, if you can get a 23 first form, get a 23 first form. And it was like, man, would you want the 110 or Travis Kelsey? Like, it's not even a conversation to be had. Mm. Would you want the 106 or Travis Kelsey? I don't even think that's kind. Con- and we love this 23 draft. But yep. guess what? If you if you kept him and your team is bad, you're getting more than the 106 for him now. And if yep. you kept them and your team is good, you you are like one of those teams that you're looking at, like, okay, who who's gonna be in the championship at the end of this? And you go, oh, this guy has got Travis Kelsey. You know, the only guy that can really match up at the tight end position is whoever has Mark Andrews. Yeah. So I I think we try to bury this man way too quick. And I will be very curious, you know, even listening to Redraft, who were like, man, why didn't we take Travis Kelsey in the first round? Like, what were we thinking? Like, we said, no, you know, maybe Mark Andrews should go in the first, but maybe not even Mark Andrews and nobody else. And now it's like, I mean, if you took Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey in the first round, you're a damn genius, and you probably got a pretty good team. But all right, we'll, we'll put it. We'll put it into hyperdrive for this one. The bad Drake London. After I hyped them up, after I give him credit, four receptions, thirty-five yards. Uh, you know what? It it was bad, but this is what the Atlanta offense is going to be. It's going to be up. It's going to be down. I don't think they're going to win a lot, but they're going to have to throw a lot. And I'm sure uh, yep. better days are there for Drake London. All right. What about you, Drew? What, what was your bet for week five? Uh, again, one of those kind of uh, dichotomies. So bad that it was good. The Steelers defense could not find an answer for Josh Allen and the Bills. Uh, I don't think they recorded a sack the entire game. First touchdown, 98 yards to uh, who was it? Who, who's their number two wide receiver? Uh Pick not uh, not Pickens. Um, Claypool. No, no, no. Bill's number two wide receiver. Oh, but, oh, Gabe Davis. Yeah, Gabe, Gabe Davis. Davis. Gabe Davis. I'm sorry, I got. Yeah, you got Allen backed up in his own end zone. Are they going to go conservative? Heck no. Over the top, 98 yards. Uh, did it twice. Did it twice to him. You know, wasn't uh, he averaging 80 yards a reception? At oh, one it was point? unreal. It was ungodly. I think he had three for like 160 and two touchdowns. You want to talk about efficient? You know, uh, but uh, yeah, just no answer there. And then no answer on offense. You know, Kenny Pickett had a ton of yards because he had to, but no scores. Couldn't find any answer except for a lone field. Almost got shut out. Um, so it was, again, you're facing a top three defense, top three offense. But uh, 
you know, that's, that's uh, gotta be tough for, for our Pittsburgh friends, but uh, so, so good on my, on my end here. Yeah. I mean, listen, Mitch was not good. Kenny, not been good so far. And I don't think this is a talent issue. And this is what I'm going to get at. Because people know my stance on, you know, Trubs versus Pickett. I think this is an offensive scheme issue. It is not. You watch them on offense and you just go, okay, like, what's the play here? Like, how are you getting people open? How are you? There's none of that. It's just like, we're just going to run plays and, you know, guys will get open. It was like, that's not how the NFL works anymore. No, nope. you have to put a little thought process into it. Like, and you know, that's that, but let's see. Now I'm sidetracking. Let's keep it. <laughs> let's keep it moving. The ugly. So Matt rule or Matt job rule as the, the footballers call them, <laughs> uh, kind of like the real job rule ain't going to be doing much, uh, for the rest of this year. He ends his Carolina tenure with an 11 and 27 record. But good news for Matt Rule. That puts him at fifth in wins in Carolina Panthers history and fifth in win percentage. Oh my God. So Matt Rule uh, was a top five coach in uh, Carolina Panthers history. How many coaches have they had, Josh? Hey, listen, top five. <laughs> I, I saw that and could not believe it. You get 11 wins in your top five out of, out of 38 possible games. All right. Um, listen, it just it didn't work for whatever reason. I actually loved the Matt Rule signing when it happened. Yep. Because, again, uh, you know, I'll use my, my regional bias here. In the shadow of Temple, he built Temple from, you know, a laughing stock to a program that people were like, college game day came to Philadelphia because of Matt Rule and what they did in Temple. And you think about watching college game day, where do they go? They, they go to Tennessee. They go to Florida. They go to Alabama. They go to big time schools. Ohio. Yeah, they, they'll throw their, their app state in there after a big win or something like that. But they don't come to Philly. They don't come to Temple. Like, they don't do that because they don't have teams that are worthy of that. But while Matt Rule was there, they were worthy of that. I think they were a ranked team, if I remember correctly. This is a few years Mm. ago. While Matt Rule was here, and trust me, they have not been since. Uh, Then he moves on to Baylor. He rebuilds that team after all of the, the stuff that happened. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm not getting into it. Google it. That that team was almost a death penalty team. And he built that back up into a team that was winning games and going to bowls and winning bowl games. And I thought he was going to do the same thing in, in Carolina, and it didn't happen. And that just shows the massive difference between, um, between college and the NFL. But don't cry for Matt Rule. Um, he still has three years and $40 million left on his contract that the Panthers – have to pay him so um i think there's offset language so if he gets a college job 
Um, whatever money they pay him will will offset that. Mm-hmm. But you'll see him in college next year. He'll get a he'll get a pretty good job probably, and he will probably build a really good college team. Uh, we've seen him do it. But um, what about you? And end us off on the ugly note. What was ugly? Oh wow. God, Thursday night football. Gross. We had to we we had to watch overtime in this game between the Colts and the Broncos. And in the irony that we almost got it uh, last Monday night, Eli and Peyton were looking ahead to Thursday night football because these are both of Peyton's former teams. Yep. And Eli was throwing a jab at him saying, watch them get a tie. And we almost got it. Um, painful. You know, there's definitely, you know, there's star power missing. You know, you have Javante, you have Jonathan Taylor, a couple of the, the league's best running backs, both out for the night. But still, uh, and then uh, did I did I see correctly? Did did Russ still is he still hanging on to his let's ride thing after all of his press conferences? Listen, I'm not gonna lie to you. I I can't. I I was pro Russ being corny when he was in Seattle winning games. Some look like, hey, he's a giant cornball, but he wins games. Who cares? When you win games, mm-hmm. you can be as corny as you want to be. You could be as much of a, an asshole as you want to be when you win games like Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers seems like a, a an asshole. You know, but he Great wins day. games. But he wins games. Who cares? Like honestly, who cares? But now he's in Denver putting up nine points on Thursday night. Oh my God. Zero touchdowns, all field goals by the way, just in case you were wondering. It wasn't missed extra points or missed two point conversions. Like that is gross. We should never have to endure that again. And I'm with you. Um, I want a refund from Prime for that night. I don't care what fraction of my, my Prime membership that is. I, I want a refund or I want a credit to my next order. I, I'm, I'm with you, man. Um, that was bad. <laughs> um, hopefully we don't have to see that again. But that was the good, the bad, and the ugly. Hey, you know what? Before we hit what's on the timeline, we got we got a question here. I want to throw this up here from Surya Paulson. And I'm sorry if I if I mis- mispronounced any of that. He said he's 0-5 with Herbie Cook. I'm assuming Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jamar Chase, Mark Andrews, and recently traded for Waddle in the flex. Who should I trade for who? I also have Ken Walker, Jacobs, Hawkinson on the bench. This is this is. I need some tough. context here. Is this redraft? Is this? Uh, yeah, sir. Like what's, yeah, what's if the... you're in here, uh, let us know. But th- this is tough because I I think either way, like, who are you really? Who are you really trading and getting? upgrade for I mean Herbert's been hurt Amon Ra's been hurt uh let me look it's not Aaron Jones year you're not getting much for him you need to be starting Jacobs Ken Walker's gonna get some some run yeah like maybe wait a week and see if Ken Walker does something that you can you know trade up to what what do you think you could trade up to? If, if Ken Walker goes, let's say, 
15 for 85 and a touchdown and four receptions for 25 yards and another <laughs> touchdown. Big oh week. I, like, yeah. it has to be a big week in order yeah. for, like, the I, Ken at that point, you start him. You have to start him. But do you have to? Or is that just an aberration? Yeah, I think I think he'll be a solid runner. I mean, I know Seattle's not been great. I mean, they put they put points up this week, though. Um, I think they they put up a lot more than I was expecting, uh, both this week and was it last week against the Lions? Which I mean, you kind of guess that they're going to score against the Lions. Um, but yeah, this is that this is what I where I need some context. Jesse's uh, <laughs> mentioning it here, but I mean, I think you take like an Amon Ra and Aaron Jones, or an Aaron Jones and a Hawkinson, and try to consolidate that into. Another wide receiver, you know, I don't know who's within range at that point. Like, can you get to an A.J. Brown? Stephon Diggs is going to be tough to get. Um, trying to think, you're not getting Cooper Cup. You're not going to get Justin Jefferson. You already have Jamar Chase. So, like an Amon Ra, a Debo, something like that. Can you consolidate a couple of those guys to get to um, someone in that range? Or can you upgrade maybe to a Kittle, depending on what your scoring format is from Hawkinson, uh, if you throw Aaron Jones in? But, yeah. Um, you must be either playing the the ultimate high scorer every week, uh, or yeah, depending on your league format here, you know everybody's just got a stack team. In which case, you know you got to know your league mates probably more than what your assets are in this scenario. Yeah, and that's that's a tough one. Like kind of like Drew said, we don't uh, we don't really know all of the uh, the facts behind it, but. Hopefully we gave you a couple of ideas. And if, if you uh, if you let us know, we can come back to it. Here's another one from Lincoln was here. Daniel Bellinger and a 2023 early to mid second or Romeo dubs. This is a dynasty 1.5 point tight end premium. This is easy, right? I mean, I take the tight end side even even in 1.5. It's not massive premium. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm not as big on Romeo Dubs as I think some folks were early in preseason, and I know he's tied to Rogers for a little while here. But um, yeah, I mean, you can find. I think you can find another Romeo Dubs next year with that early to mid second or better. And you have Daniel Bellinger, who's been at the very worst, he's a bye week fill-in, right? I mean, I'm, I'm starting him in a league that we're in, Josh, because I don't. I don't have better options right now. Uh, all right. Well, I thought I thought on the same side on this one. I think I'm going with Romeo Dubs. I think at the end of this, he ends up being Aaron Rodgers' number one guy. I just don't think anyone. I mean, I know Randall Cobb kind of did his thing in London, but London games are weird. Yeah. I always say that. Um, I think I think Dubs is going to get there, you know, at you know within the next few weeks actually. Mm, and at okay. that point, I want Aaron Rodgers number one guy. Sure. Look, I think Daniel Bellinger is nice. I think he he's a good player, but this is like kind of being like a good player on a team without a lot of talent. And don't get me wrong, the Giants are four and one. You can't take anything away from them. They just beat the Green Bay Packers in London. So, but this is not a team that you look at up and down and go, oh man, a lot of the talent that's here is like in place and ready to go. They just have extremely good coaching, in my opinion. Um, and once they get 
more talented players plus the good coaching. Uh, I see a guy like Daniel Bellinger being, you know, a a good number two tight end once they either sign someone in free agency or use a, uh, you know, a first or second round pick on a tight end. And, you know, there we go. But um, so look, we're on both sides here and we get a little context from Lincoln. Uh, he took Bellinger in the pick. My thought process was I have Kelsey and Andrew. Okay. Now that's important. We're giving you. me 35 if he develops into something awesome. If not, I have the second pick, which I think I can find a guy like Romeo. So, yeah, you know, in that situation, you know, I actually think in that situation you would want to trade Bellinger away because yeah. that, dude, that dude's never cracking your roster unless, like Lincoln said, um, this is just like a stash pick. You believe in the guy. You think the guy is going to turn into, you know, a consistent tight, top tight. Let's try this again. Top 10 tight end. Three times really fast. I can't do it. Um, but that in that situation, I would actually want dubs more because what do I really need a third tight end for or fourth tight end for, you know? No. I got, I got, the, the tag the tag team uh but it is what it is so <laughs> that that's a good one i like that one i like when we get these questions it makes us think but let's go to what we saw let's do on it. the timeline this first one here is from trevor steinbacher at trevor s underscore ff how would you value Clyde Edwards-Alaire currently, and are you selling high? What do we think about C-E-H? We, uh, we didn't like him coming into the season. We have very good reason not like him coming into the season. And now it's almost like the Chiefs have decided year three is the year they, they really want to use the guy. So what are we what are we doing with CEH? If we have CEH, what what are we gonna want in return? I mean, what I want, uh, I mean I, I want a contender who thinks they have a late pick next year to give me their first is what I want. You know, maybe I, I add a what I suspect will be my early third if I'm not a contender, you know, to try to balance it out a little bit, but that's what I want. What I realistically will get is probably two seconds, you know, whether that's two 23s or a 23 and a 24. Um, I just saw that happen in one of my leagues, uh, probably the strongest team in the league added some depth and got CEH back for, yeah, I think two seconds. I don't remember if it was two 23rds or if it was a 23 and a 24. But uh, I think that's probably the ballpark of where the deal, that that overlap is for what people will take versus what people will give. So I don't know if that's really selling high. All right. So here here's a, a question then. And this is in very general terms. You have CEH on a team and you are a contender. Does two seconds get you off of CEH? 
uh, can you give me a little more help? Like, is he my running back two, running back three? Well, I gotta, I gotta figure. Unless you're running, like Saquon and like Nick Chubb out there, he's probably he's probably your your running back too. I mean, even if he didn't come into the season as your running back too. Mm-hmm. Running back to now, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, probably not. Probably not as a contender. I mean, because uh, I mean, who's going to take him as another contender? It's not going to be a rebuilding team that wants him, most likely. What if you're like that last playoff team, or one game behind that last playoff team? Does that do it for you? Because it's uh, I would probably be, a contender, and they're probably at yeah. least well. If you're getting top three, top four team, yeah. So one of the twenty three seconds, or the twenty three second you're getting is probably late. So you're probably getting a yeah back half. You know, twenty two to twenty four. You know, rookie. yeah, um, yeah. I know we talk about wanting to assess your team early, and I think when you're on the the opposite ends the far ends of the the bell curve there you're terrible team you're a top team you can assess that pretty quickly I, I think there's still time with most of us going to a 14 week regular season you still got a couple of weeks you know get through bye weeks see what happens and this is I, kind of a side note here this is what always gets me a little bit is you know we we have this concept that all you have to do is make the playoffs because then anything can happen mm-hmm. however anything can happen any given week so I think that's where some of these middling teams, I wonder how quickly, like, do they throw in the towel too early where anything could happen for two or three weeks and all of a sudden you could be a top four team again. And even if you drop back and regress to where you're probably closer to where you should be, you could still make it to the playoffs and guess what? Anything could happen. Um, so I would probably, I would definitely think about if I was in that, if we're in a 12 team league and I'm number six, seven, eight, you know, I, I'm definitely thinking about that type of an offer. Um, I try to be a little bit more decisive too, and I get that. So, you know, by week five or six, I guess, you know, probably I'm, I'm trying to position myself depending on what my league rules are. So if it's potential points, then sure. I, I'd love to shed those points on a middle-aged running back with, um, you know, a little bit of wear. And I'll, I'll take the two seconds, whether it's one now, one later, or both next year. And then I hope I'm following that up with, more shopping of other guys that are scoring points too. You know, you've got to you've got to run that all the way through. It's not one guy is not going to make or break. You know, really help you get to the draft pick you want. So, uh, but I think if I'm middling team, I definitely consider. If I'm a contender, I don't think I really am moved by two seconds. I, I do like how you called Ch a middle aged running back. Uh, he is 23 years old. So. Um, <laughs> That puts me into AARP territory. Uh, I'm already getting the mailers, Josh. I'm already getting the mailers. If we're grading on that uh, on that curve, we're there. young podcasters, though. Yeah. Okay. We we could uh, we can make that thing. Um, About to have a third year breakout. Yeah. Let's do it, man. Let Let's get the third year breakout going. So, Ch, man, I was like. CH, ugh, whatever, before the season started. Do you know, according to Fantasy Pros and Half Point PPR, CH is number nine right now? He's a top 10 running back. Wow. 
He's an RB. And I one. get, I get it. Uh, it's a lot of touchdowns, and it can't be sustainable. Why? If he played on the Jaguars, I could kind of buy into that. If he played for the Bears, I could definitely buy into that. But he plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. And what are the Chiefs known for? Scoring a bunch of free points. Did we not did we not just see that? And I know they were like all scored by Travis Kelsey pretty much. <laughs> but this is a team that's gonna score points. Yeah. So why not CEH? Besides Travis Kelsey, is there is there another big time touchdown guy that you're scared of? Miko Hardman? Juju Smith, MVS, no thank you. None of those guys scare me to score a bunch of touchdowns and and take food out of CEH's mouth. They don't. I mean, I'm people sorry. thought and a couple it, weeks ago, people thought it was Pacheco. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, I was loving when people were giving up seconds and late firsts for for Pacheco during the offseason because he had a good preseason game or something. It was a seventh round pick from Rutgers, y'all. Come on, cut it out, cut it out. And I know everybody's going to throw the the dubs thing in my face. Cool. It happens sometimes. But I'm I'm not going to bet on those late round guys uh, that often because, yeah, they do hit, but not at a rate that I'm comfortable with. But CH is is number nine and a half point PPR right now. Mm. Now, Jesse put in here, you know, seven and a half of CH touches, get him a touchdown. That's not sustainable. At that rate, is it going to be seven and a half percent of all touches? No. But are we really like he can't, you know, average a half a touchdown a week for the rest of the season? Is that like impossible with the amount of points that the Kansas City Chiefs are probably going to score? <laughs> I don't think that's impossible. And yeah, it's lofty goals. I'm I'm talking about another what six touchdowns, <laughs> twelve games left. And so I get it. I get it's a big number, but it's not, you know, this mind-boggling number that you can't deal with. I personally, if I have them on any kind of team that looks like they're playoff bound, I it, it's a first minimum. I'm not I'm not taking two now. Obviously, if I'm a rebuild, if I'm a bottom three team and someone comes with two seconds, you know, I'm probably trying to do some, you know, finagling, maybe add another small piece to to move the two seconds to a first. If I have to add a little little sweetener on my side. But I'm I mean, this is the deal. You 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 need to cash in on guys while they're hot. Because while I think CEH could stay a top 12 guy for the rest of the season, that's not a guarantee. And we've seen CEH in the past. <laughs> CEH of the past tells us that that is definitely not a guarantee. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to cash in, cash in while he's hot. Like, cat, you know, if you have him in your rebuild, you should be, you should be just spamming every team in your league for a first. Yeah, look at the CEH. The dude is balling. All you have to do is give up a first. Who cares? Because honestly, you know, only the 
only the big dogs are going to look at that. Only the teams that are really like looking at, you know, a championship in their eyes. They're, they're the only ones, you know, and that's going to be, but cool. 111 or CH. I'll take the 111. I'll figure it out from mm-hmm. there as a rebuild. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, that's my thing. I would be selling high if I was a rebuilder and I would not take anything less than a first. Um, if I'm pretty much like a top 16, <laughs> anywhere from one to six, I'm not yep. taking anything less no. than a first. Um, all right. We've, we've seen him in the chat. We've mentioned him, And now he's got a question out here. This is from Jesse shot at Jesse shot. What do you do if you sold out to win this year? All of the 23 picks are gone. You're definitely not going to win, and there are already four teams in rebuild. This might be my junkies two, two team. All right. So, And one of the teams have, has already changed their name to aiming for 101. That's right. But I, but I think that was – I think he started – productive struggle in the draft so he he's got a head start on anybody because on everybody because he he went into the draft saying uh you know get get me that 101 in this loaded draft class and and we're going to go to work so here's the deal it stinks when you sell out and you think you have a, a you know a very competitive team and a season like this happens and i'll admit and drew i don't know if you will you'll want to admit this too but this has been a a an interesting season to say the least. Um, and you're like, oh, okay. Um, I got a team that's not winning. I don't got them picks. What do I do? And I say this all the time, assess your team. What do I mean by that? What do you, what do you have of value? Do you have, uh, maybe you have a DeAndre Hopkins that you're you've been sitting on because you're like by the time week six comes around my team is going to be five and one four and two and then deandre hopkins comes back and i just slide them right in and it's just another piece of the puzzle okay cool this is week five people are now starting to look at deandre hopkins like oh he's coming back oh look that the offense for Arizona hasn't been very good, guys. Wait till DeAndre Hopkins comes back. Hey, sell that guy. Try to sell him now and see see what the offers are. Now, if there's an offer, if all the offers are ridiculous, hold on to him. Let him come back week six. Hope he balls out, and then and then go at it again because the offers will definitely be different. Yeah. But what do you have on your team? What what can you get value for? And then at that point, I hate to say this because it, it goes against everything I truly believe in, but you might have to take a little bit less than you're used to. And it hurts me because I am I'm such a value-based trader and it it hurts me at times when I have to rebuild teams and I get that. But the, the numbers part of me, which is a big part of me because it's a big part of my job, um, just says, God, I can't, I can't sell a dollar for three quarters. It just doesn't make any sense. But you may have to do that in trades. You, you may have to sell a dollar for three quarters because 
you can at least invest those three quarters in, in your bank and maybe get a little bit of interest on mm-hmm. it. And in a couple of years, that 75 cents turns into a dollar 10. And you're like, okay, you know, I have to invest it for a little bit, but you know, it's paying dividends now. So really assess your team. Um, look at what you have and look at what you don't have. A guy like DJ Moore and and Jesse, I'm not looking at your roster, so if I have picked players that you actually have, it's totally by accident. I'm looking. <laughs> You're looking? I, ha- I have not named one of his players. Okay. If you have a guy like DJ Moore, let's face it, DJ Moore ain't getting you nothing. Like He has DJ Moore. Oh, okay. So, see, I did get one, see? And I'm not looking. Um, <laughs> DJ Moore's not going to get you anything because guess what? Matt Rule just got fired. It's not, we're not even looking at the greatness that is Baker Mayfield. We're now into PJ Walker territory. So maybe PJ Walker un- unlocks TJ Moore. I don't know. PJ to TJ. PJ to D. But PJ to DJ for a TD, maybe. Mm. But right now, he's not getting you anything. He's had a terrible season. And you're, I mean, forget a dollar for three quarters. I mean, that'd be like a dollar for a dime. I mean, at this point. So those are guys that you just have to say, all right, well, you're staying on the team, you know. So he's got guys like uh, a Leonard Fournette. Oh, dude, get Lenny out. Dude, hit up, hit up those top four teams. Miles Sanders. Hit up, hit up those top four teams because. He's probably not going to be in Philly next year. Would you uh, hold or would you try to move for value for uh, Chris Godwin? I need a couple more weeks on Chris Godwin. Okay. I want to see him play like a full game. That second half um, last week, he kind of was like in and out. He wasn't playing a lot of snaps. And I think mm-hmm. I think that was due to health. I don't think that was anything that he had really done on the field that you know he needed to be pulled. But hold or sell uh, Debo. I would sell Debo. I th- I think Debo still has the shine. I mean, yep. he's been good this year, but I think he still has the shine from last year too. Yep. And then uh, you're definitely not going to get a ton for him, but a guy like Adam Thielen just getting you points here and there. Dude, get get, get you anything got, you you can yeah. for Adam Thielen. You got a third right now, Jesse. You know, I don't know. Will somebody give you a second for your third and Adam Thielen if they're thin at wide receiver? Nah. No. You ain't getting okay. that. Pray, pray that someone gives you a third. But honestly, I would – Adam Thielen is the type of dude that I, I would put in the chat. Selling Adam Thielen to the highest bidder. Send, send in an offer. I'll look at him in 24 hours. I'll pick the best one, and the trade is done. And whatever that happens to be, even if the best thing you get is a fourth, ship them out. Probably take it. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, because, you know, Adam Thielen has no value to you. And he probably doesn't have a lot of value to a lot of other teams. But somebody will, you know, at least one person, especially in the junkies league, everybody will probably make you an offer. They probably won't be good ones. But everybody will make you an offer. Amari Cooper, what are you doing with that? Get rid of him. Are you you Get getting rid of him now or are you going to wait till playoffs, especially if we don't have a, a trade deadline, see what Watson does with him and see if he gets a bump or get rid of him now? Why, 
why do I want to wait when the dude every other game is going over a hundred yards? It's fair. Like, wh- why why wait until what week ten, the week before Deshaun is supposed to come back, and now I'm dragging this out five more weeks, and in week eight, Amari t- tears an ACL. Now I get zero form. Now, if Amari wasn't producing, I would say, yeah, you got to hold him. You got to wait for Deshaun to come back. But he's got, what, three games over 100 yards this year? He, I mean, he's doing the job with Jacoby Brissett. Like, yeah, trade him. Get rid of him. Yeah. We could, we could use another wide receiver, Josh. Yo. And Amari used to be a former Cowboy. Jesse, send it through. Send it through. Oh, by the way, uh, he, he said Dak, Godwin, and Kittle killed me. Kittle is a guy, this is a tight end premium league. He's a guy I'm trying to get off my roster. In your situation, he's a guy I'm trying to get off my roster. See if somebody will give you a little bit above current market value because of the name George Kittle. Not going to be us, but... Oh, oh, it ain't gonna be us. So don't don't hit us up with an offer, because I mean, you can hit us up with an offer. Because for for Kittle to end up on our team, it's gonna have to be below market value. I, I I mean, Drew. I don't know. I mean, I feel like Drew feels the same way I do. But even if Drew was high on Kittle, I would have to to step in and be like, Drew, we're not doing this to ourselves. We're, we're not gonna we're not gonna fall into the trap. <laughs> um, Dak. May or may not play this week, but he's a guy you should keep. He's young, you know. He's Ish. a guy you want to rebuild around. Yeah, I mean, he could be a big piece for a while. He's what twenty nine. I mean, he's younger than Tom Brady. Oh well, thanks. I mean, I'm younger than Tom Brady. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I mean, you know, but yeah, yeah. I mean, Dak is the type of guy that you know. I think you can rebuild because if you're doing your rebuild right, it should take you two to three seasons. Yeah, at, at if, the most, right? Right, exactly. So he's 29 right now. So even even if he's 32 by the time you have it all put together, in today's NFL, that ain't old anymore. <laughs> he's still got another decade. You know the way some of these quarterbacks are playing. So, um, but yeah, like really, you know, I say this all the time: assess your team. See what you got going on and, you know, see what pieces can help you in a rebuild and see what pieces can help somebody else win a championship and get those pieces out there, you know. And, you know, we talked about Thielen earlier, but we, we also talked about guys like Amari Cooper, guys like Leonard Fournette. Just throw Adam Thielen in there. Be like, hey, do you want Leonard Fournette and Adam Thielen for blah, blah, blah? And the other person is putting no value on Adam Thielen, and you're like, fine, you don't have to put value on him. I just want want him off of my team. <laughs> and, you know, may, maybe up, you know, the return by like 3% <laughs> for Adam Thielen and send it in. That's what I like to do with players, you know, when I'm rebuilding. I'm like, oh, I have, uh, you know, an Adam Thielen, or I have, you know, I'm trying to think of other guys that are like just gross. That you know, oh, here's one: um, Cameron Brait. 
oh, let me put Cameron Brait in this deal with this other name that people actually want <laughs> just to get Cameron <laughs> Cameron Brait off my team, you know, things like that. So, uh, Jesse, I hope that helps you out. Um, I, ho- I hope you get some ideas. And, hey, hit us up. I mean, not for Adam Thielen or George Kittle, but for those other players, hit us up. We, we, ears are open. And uh, we would love to uh, we would love to make a deal happen with you. Um, all right, let's let's go to the bet of the week. Drew. Let's do it. Drew. We went two and one again last week. Okay. It's a winning record. Like, like we're we're like kind of good at this thing. By we like, you mean you. Me. But you know. I, I like to, you know, we're both a part of this thing, you know. So last week we were two and one again, which I think listen, sixty-six percent is pretty good in the in the betting world. Um we lost that before mentioned Thursday night. Everybody lost game. that night, Josh. Everybody lost that night. Yeah, everybody, everybody did lose. Um honestly, when the Broncos scored that first field goal. And then it was like three nothing for like the whole first half. I said, we might win this thing in a three to nothing game. Well, actually, I think it would have been a push because it was minus three. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. I like myself too much. So I did not watch the second half of that game. I'd mm-hmm. seen all I needed to see in the first half. And then I saw it went to overtime and I said, oh man, did I miss like a burner? And then I saw the score and I said, man, I am so glad I chose sleep over watching that game uh, because I would have been mad and then very uh, tired in the morning. But we did win Oklahoma State uh, beating Texas Tech. We needed we needed a touchdown with about uh, less than three minutes left to cover. And then I was sweating the uh, sweating the defense for Oklahoma State. But they held true, uh, so we won that one. And then uh, the first prop bet of the season, uh, we hit that, the over on Devonta Smith getting 52 and a half yards. He had 87, I want to say, 85, something like that. So we smashed it. And actually, I, I went back and forth on this one. I was going to do the, uh, the over on receptions. Um, it had started at three and a half, but when I checked uh, Bet US, and obviously uh, Bet US is uh, who we who we use for this uh, for this segment, uh, it bumped up to four and a half receptions, and it got me a little got me a little scared. So I, I switched over to the yardage, but he had eight receptions, so I, w- I would have been right on that safe. too if, yep. if I had uh, if I had done that, but. That was last week. We got to keep it going right with this week. And I want to give you a little secret. I almost chose the Colts again. I almost chose the Colts again, but I said, I can't do it. I can't. I got them right. I got it right the first time. And then it's been all downhill with the Colts since. So here, here we go. We are going to go with an NFC West matchup. The Arizona Cardinals minus three at the Seattle 
Seahawks. All right. Arizona almost beat Philly last week. And that should make them the obvious pick, right? They almost beat what some people are calling the best team in the NFL last week. And if it wasn't for a bonehead Kyler Murray slide and the kicker not doing his thing, could have happened. We could have actually gotten the win if he had just run for the first down because they would have had another shot to throw it in the end zone. But that was last week. This is this week. But I actually think Seattle's the better team right now. I know it's crazy to say, but Geno Smith is playing outside of his damn mind. That dude was shooting it out with the with the New Orleans Taysom Hills. Uh and no offense, but Arizona's offense is not anything to to write home about. You know, they, this is not the uh, the high flying Cliff Kingsbury, you know, offense that we're used to. And that twelfth man, it's got to count for something. So I would go with Seattle, take the points, and honestly. I wouldn't be shocked if Seattle won this outright. Am I telling you to take the money line? No, I'm not. But would I be mad at you if you took the money line? No, I wouldn't. So let's see if we can get off the the schneid. Our, our, Our show picks have been the ones that we've lost the last few weeks. Let's see if we can get a show pick uh, on track here and get, get a win with this one. It's tough on Wednesday. Uh, coming up with a game because there's a, still a lot to be determined. You always get the mystery guy who was supposed to play who's now not playing all of a sudden. It's tough. Our Saturday and Sunday picks usually end up winning a lot more because we have a lot more information. But doesn't matter. We're going to do a pick every week. So go with, go with Seattle over Arizona, and hopefully you make some money. And remember, if you're going to put some some money on these games, use BetUS. We're going to put a link in the comments after the show post so you can go there and you can just click on that. It helps us and bet us always got a lot of good things going on. 125% match, 200% match. If you use crypto, you know, people are out there with that crypto doing their thing. So uh, there we go. Drew, do we have, do we have a little bit more time? Yeah, I think our next question actually uh, segues very nicely from our, our pick of the week here, Josh. Ah, you know, we've it's only like, been like doing this for this. three years. We've, we've figured one or two things out. Um, this is from Pirate King Buggy D. Clown. That, that's a great name. At Pirate Buggy. Dynasty Trade Superflex. How far has Geno's value risen? And DJ Moore's Bell. So this actually kind of ties in a little bit to the last question. So straight up in a dynasty super flex league, Drew, are you taking the amazing, the incomparable Hall of Fame bound Geno Smith or DJ, please no more? Who do you got? 
first of all, Gino is playing with the biggest chip on his shoulder that I've seen in a long time. And hey, they wrote him off and he didn't write back. I just want you to remember that. <laughs> I mean, he he has had some great one-liners in post-game <laughs> interviews. The guy is absolutely feeling himself right now, and he should be with some of the things that he's been doing. Um, and, you know, it, if, I'm a, if I'm a Rocky Petrella, who maybe doesn't really care about quarterback and has maybe stocked up a bunch of young wide receivers like his Jalen Waddles and Devonta Smiths and on down the line, I could absolutely see trying to make this work and see if you can give up DJ Moore, who has perennially been, you know, around a thousand yards, good for PPR, you know, four solid touchdowns a year. So great flex guy. Um, I could see making that move if you're if you're contending like Rocky typically is in his leagues and is looking for that extra quarterback for uh, you know substituting for some bye weeks or some injuries. Um, you know, I've, I've got a league that I'm in where I I've got Burrow and Hertz as my starting quarterbacks and I'm looking week over week in the last two weeks, Gino is the best quarterback of the bunch. And I I'm really reflecting right now. Am I really going to pull the trigger? I'm putting Gino in over one of these two guys because there's, there have been weeks where that, that has been the difference in winning or losing. Um, so yeah, you know, if I'm a contender, if I, uh, you know, if the, if the situation is right, I would absolutely do that. I think in, in general, again, this is one of those, my head says stick with DJ Moore cause he, he will still somehow have some value. You know, Baker will not be there forever. He will not be the quarterback forever. He will, you know, but you know, how many times have we watched this movie where we assume that DJ Moore is going to get a quarterback upgrade next season? Um, that's tough. I think my head says DJ Moore, but right now my heart says, yeah, hell yeah, give me Geno Smith and a super flex. And especially if uh, you're looking for a reasonable quarterback option. And like you were saying earlier, I'm sorry, Jesse. Um, yeah, this might be something that you have to have to settle for. Well, the problem is uh, uh, Geno Moore doesn't help his or a Geno Moore. I, I combine them. A Geno Smith doesn't help his situation. No, 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 not his team, but uh I don't think if you had told us three months ago or 30 days ago that a, a DJ Moore for a Geno Smith trade would be taken seriously as a, as a proposition. I want to sidetrack for a second and it's going to be a short second. Did you see the Roto world or whatever? Oh uh, no, it wasn't Roto world. It was, uh, Oh God, not pro football focus. I forgot one of the, one of these outlets putting that uh Pete Carroll said that Drew Locke is nipping. Oh, absolutely. At, at... Stop. Like a freaking Pomeranian he's nipping. Stop. Drew Locke can't even get close enough to see Geno Smith's heels. Never mind nip at him. Like stop. Like <laughs> like what do you think? You have to motivate Geno Smith? Geno Smith's out here smashing. What is he don't need motivation. He's smashing. He, he's got the most job security in the league right now. The only way you're going to see Drew Locke on a field is in a blowout or an injury, and that's it. I hate to break it to you, Drew Locke, 
I, I, listen, I thought you was cool. You was out there rapping. Oh, you was doing your thing. You you were all you were there. I was loving it. But you're not good at football. So just just be collect that check and and, and move on. Move man. on to the next business venture. Move yeah. Um this is this is the classic rebuild versus contender trade, isn't it? You got Gino. You're like a bottom three team. He's not helping the cause because maybe you're like the third worst team, but you really want the 101 in the 2023. And Gino's just out here doing the Lord's work and just scoring points here, there, and everywhere. Trade him. There's a, there's a contender sitting there with DJ Moore just cursing. The name of DJ Moore every day when he wakes up and looks at that roster, going, DJ Moore, I thought you were going to be something this year. I thought Baker was the answer. Hit him up, knock on that door, say, listen, I'll take the struggling DJ Moore. You could have this shiny Geno Smith. And that guy's probably like, Geno Smith, that dude's balling. If I have an injury, or bye weeks are coming up. We're starting bye weeks, people. We're going to be starting bye weeks. Boom. Sell them off. There you go. I'm going to take DJ Moore. He's going to struggle. I'm cool with that. And you know now you're, you're not scoring points anymore because DJ Moore is sure as hell ain't going to do it for you. So, yeah. But, but here's the crazy thing. So, there was no context here by Mr. Pirate Buggy. And it was still 75% in favor of Geno Smith. So no context, no how many teams are there, no I'm a contender, no I'm a rebuild. <laughs> they were just like, give me Geno Smith. Please give me Geno Smith. Um, 2022, fantasy football. Gotta love it. Um, we got one. I don't want it to pass us by from the Joker. Uh, this is for his flex, full PPR, David Montgomery or Jeff Wilson Jr. He's got Ramondre Stevenson in his one running back slot. So I guess this is the league where you start just one of those running backs. And this is a full PPR flex league. So, Drew, do you have any uh, any thoughts on this? Which which way would you lean? You're on mute, brother. That I am. Uh, <laughs> for this year, uh, I, I'd probably like the Jeff Wilson Jr. side for. Well, I think couple- this is a flex. I think he said. So, I guess this is a this week flex question. Oh, this way. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Um. Montgomery looked good last week. Um, who are they playing tomorrow night? Bears and the Commanders. Commanders. Yeah, uh, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with Thursday night. I mean, he looked healthy. He produced on Sunday, so I'd be fine with Dave Montgomery. I don't think you have a bad option either way. If you're if you're concerned about Thursday night football, if you think I see your Bears logo here, so uh, if you're going with your heart, uh, I'm good with that. I mean, Jeff Wilson has done nothing but produce the last few weeks um, for San Francisco. So, I mean, 
who are your other flex options? Do you have a wide receiver that's maybe less exciting that you could substitute one of these guys for? But between the two, I'd probably uh, I'd probably go Monty. So would your mind change any if I told you that San Francisco is going up against Atlanta? Uh, Homer away. At Atlanta. Yeah, uh, it doesn't change my mind a whole lot. All right, so... This next thing you say might. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Let me, can I, can I just read you what his yards per reception have been in the last three games that he's played? 9.5, 10.3, and 12. Now, fortunately, he only has one, two, and three receptions in those games. (laughs) But I feel like this game against Atlanta is probably going to get out of hand. We saw what Carol, or we saw, excuse me, we saw what San Francisco did against Carolina last week. A bad team. Jimmy G, I think, is finally starting to settle in a little bit. They they whooped up on Carolina thirty seven to fifteen. So Jeff Wilson seventeen rushes for one hundred and twenty yards, and he added a reception to that. I think it's going to be a lot of the same. Personally, there's no real uh, there's no competition there to take you know many snaps away from him. This David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert thing is still happening. And Montgomery was good last week, but I think I go with Jeff Wilson just because of the the amount of touches. I mean, week two, Jeff Wilson, 20 touches. Week three, 15 touches. Week four, 18 touches. Week five, 18 touches. So he is he's pretty much like a 18 touch minimum type dude and i want that <laughs> so i would go jeff wilson but listen we gave you we gave you our thoughts <laughs> we can uh you could you could take it from there and see who made the better argument but uh all right we're at, we're at an hour and a half i think we're good i think we got a lot of great questions from the chat we have got a lot of great questions from the uh, from the timeline. So thank you very much to everybody who tuned in. We appreciate it so much. Uh, just remember, if you haven't already, hit subscribe, like this video, leave a comment, do all that stuff because it helps us out. And, you know, we want to know that we're doing some things for you guys. And just remember, that's what the comments are for, man. You like something we're doing, let us know so we keep doing it. You don't like something we're doing, let us know so that maybe we don't do it. You know, (laughs) I'm not saying we're not going to, but 
we'll listen. <laughs> we're we're out here. Um, remember, so all the people listening to some podcast for an hour and a half, pretty much that you've been listening, and you really have so many options on things you can do. We appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, just remember, um, if a friend told you about us, or you just kind of stumbled on us, you know, remember to hit subscribe. Remember to leave a comment. Uh, it really helps us out. There's algorithms and stuff that I'll never understand, but it does help us out. And on that note, Drew, we are out of here. Late. The Joker's going with Wilson. I won one.